spends hours in hardware stores seeking through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. Before I get to today's example of power washing, I found this story buried in the metro section of the Star Tribune, and I if if it was in the Pioneer Press, I missed it, and I I'm shocked that this isn't a front page story. What did you find? See if you agree with me. Okay. Traffic deaths in Minnesota are at the lowest since 1943. I saw this on the news last night. Isn't that astonishing? I I had the same reaction you're having right now. Holy mackerel. With every single person that's on their phone not paying attention, I am shocked the same way you are. Not to mention that in 1943, there were only 2.5 million people in the entire state. I looked it up. Mm. And, And today, in the metro area alone... There are 3.28 million people in the metro area alone. Wow. Traffic fatalities on Minnesota's roads were at their lowest number since 1943 and the second lowest since 1926. An interesting aside, the population of Minnesota in 1926 was also about 2.5 million people. So Minnesota did not gain any appreciable population between 1926 and 1943, and and on a percentage basis, really hasn't gained that much at all. Really, five and a, about 5.7 million people in mm-hmm. the state of Minnesota, most of whom live in the metro. Right. Uh, this is according to preliminary no- numbers released yesterday by the State Department of Public Safety's Office of Traffic Safety. I, I this is a uh, it, what is this? And think of the amount of cars. You know the the affordability of vehicles well, now. That, that's the that's the point in pointing out the population. Uh, yeah, we got whole, so much. There's so many more cars out there. Why do you do you think uh, the average Minnesota family in 1943 was even a two car family? No, they had one. I bet not. Right. That's what I should have looked up. How many cars were on the roads in Minnesota in 1943? Cars, not cards. Mm. Cars. Well, this is extraordinarily uh, positive news, isn't it? It really is. No, no, you can't. No, no, I would have said that either way. Yeah, I think is. you would have. Yeah. Yeah. The agency d- uh, attributed the declining number of deaths to drivers making the right choices behind the wheel by driving sober, wearing their seatbelt, paying attention, and driving the speed limit. But that's uh, that's an absolute uh, conundrum when you uh, uh, consider all of the people paying attention to their phones. It's amazing. We have more inattentive driving than we've ever had. I, I will I will fight that statistic till the day I die. Mm-hmm. There, I, I don't believe that part of it. I see it every single day. Males accounted for seventy two percent of the deaths, with two hundred and fifty two females for twenty eight percent or ninety six. The largest number of people killed, sixty one, were between the ages of twenty one and thirty. Those seventy one and older accounted for fifty eight. Then it breaks down the ages. Uh, but that's. Uh, uh, I'm 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 shocked. That's I'm, a you know stamp? what that grabs you. I'm gobsmacked. Gob whatever stamp. that means. I'm gobsmacked. I don't know what that's originated from. Traffic deaths in Minnesota are at the lowest since 1943, and the second lowest since 1926. I, I never would have believed that. Never in my wildest imagination. Okay, play the game then. What would you have thought? What, what uh... I would have assumed that traffic deaths are going <clears throat> up. Every single year. Yep. 
That's what I would have thought. I would have thought the most traffic deaths would have been maybe the early 70s. Pretty much before seatbelts, unless you were a Volvo driver, you didn't really wear a seatbelt. Mm-hmm. And then seatbelts became popular, what, uh, mid-70s? Oh, I would say uh, before then, I would say late. But people didn't wear them. Yeah. Plus, they were only lap belts, basically, in the early 70s. Late 60s, early 70s was basically lap belts. Mm. <clears throat> well, that's that's wonderful. I mean, that how do you, you can't get any more positive than that. Today's power washing is the worst ever. But then it occurred to me, with every ex- every example of power washing is fated to be more outrageous than the previous one. Usually. Because with each example of power washing, mm-hmm. more and more of purely inno- of pure innocence is power washed. That's a good point. Yes. You want to hang on? Okay. You got her. You we got, got her. her. This guy's got her. Just a minute. Just a minute. Yes, director? I was up. <clears throat> I was answering the phone. No, I understand. I think he was but, eager to get this the, guy But you, you said the guy had a great point? You got it. Yep. So, uh, if you want to take Paul in line, too, he's ready. Paul? Hello, uh, Joe. I am. Uh, I was a part of one of the accidents that resulted in a fatality this year, last year. Okay. I obviously was not the party that I was a surviving party, but I would have to say that uh, as much as anything, it's the quality of the vehicles and the safety, ve- you know, components of the vehicles that would account for the lower number. I agree with you. That would have to be factored in. Yes, thank you. You bet. In 1943, hell, there were probably still a lot of Model A's on the road. Oh, well, sure. Model A is a form of a Ford built between 1928 and 1931. Model A Ford. Gotcha. Today's power washing. Uh, is the most outrageous yet, but again, uh, won't they all be from here on out? Yeah, they're going to continue to be more bizarre, which is why they've become power washing deals. Kazoo Muta. Kazoo Muta. A professor at Osaka University, a gender studies professor, <laughs> wrote on Twitter last month that two Disney movies portray obscene sexual acts on an unconscious partner. Oh. She also charged that the movies promote sexual violence. A complete translation of Muta's tweet uh, reads, according to Japan Today, uh, reads, uh, what do you think the two movies are? Um, Disney movies, Lion King. Snow White and Sleeping Beauty. Two classics. And in each Two case, classics. doesn't the prince awaken the sleeping female with a kiss? Yes. Don't ruin that. Don't do. That's, that's considered now. This. According to this Japanese gender uh, studies professor, that's sexual violence and assault. Of course it is. One of the most innocent kisses of all time. And the prince lip locks Snow White to break her out of her slumber. I would, I would not even say it's a lip lock. I would it's call a, it more of a peck. It's peach. It's, it's a peach. peach. It's peach. It's, it's safe. Not, she, if the prince doesn't go alfalfa on him. Yeah, if he goes alfalfa, that's bad, but yeah. peach? Yeah, right. Okay. Her Wake tweet, up. Her tweet said, when you think rationally about Snow White and Sleeping Beauty, let me stop right there. There is no uh, compelling interest to think about fairy tales rationally. 
Correct. Nobody gets into a pumpkin carriage. When you think rationally about Snow White and Sleeping Beauty that tell of a princess being woken by the kiss of a prince, they are describing sexual assault on an unconscious person. You might think I'm ruining the fantasy of it all, but these stories are promoting sexual violence, and I would like everyone to be aware of it. She's living in a room full of cats. Man. Isn't it? See, I can't, I can't top each previous power washing. I can't top it. No, and I never... Did it ever occur... No. You have to ask the power washing question. No. Nope. Did it ever occur to you uh, when you're reading to the little kids or whatever, uh, Sleeping Beauty or Snow White, uh, and they're awakened by the kiss of the prince, did you ever in your wildest imagination think, oh, my word, he's committing some sort of sexual assault on that woman? Did that ever occur to you? Never. The tweet came in response to an actual news story where a man in Japan was arrested on a train for kissing a sleeping woman. Muda's comments sparked outrage on the Internet among Disney fans who believe the fairy tale story is innocent and doesn't depict sexual violence or assault. Uh, no matter how you interpret these stories, what the, prince, what the princes did is not sexist, one person said, according to Japan Today. Uh, you can't apply modern law or ethics to fairy tales, another person said. Yet another said, so if we can apply real-world real world laws to fiction, can the reverse also apply? In Snow White, the prince does, in fact, kiss an unconscious Snow White. However, the story attempts to soften the act by establishing a prior relationship between them in which she and the prince fall in love at first sight, Japan Today noted. <clears throat> well, I would argue... That when Snow White was written, there was no uh, attempt made uh, to soften the act because the act of kissing the sleeping Snow White was purely innocent. Right. And those of you that have been paying attention over the last decades know that the only time that this reverse kiss has ever backfired was when Prince Charles kissed a sleeping Camilla Parker Bowles. What happened? So it doesn't always work. In right. Sleeping Beauty, fairies lead the prince. That'll be next because the gay Come community will argue about the, <laughs> the fairies. This way, Jim. Meanwhile, in Sleeping Beauty, fairies lead the prince to kiss Princess Aurora under the belief that his smooch will cure her of her napping curse. Well, it's been a while for me on Sleeping Beauty. I don't recall why she took a nap. I don't, uh, I don't remember. I don't. Didn't she drink the... Didn't she Ocean? drink the juice? In an article for Women's Action Network. <laughs> not. Well, then you have a different situation. Really I think. sorry. And she I took a long it. nap. <laughs> See you later. Yep. Thank Wake you. me up when the prince gets here. Well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> okay. <coughs> okay. In an article for the Women's Action Network, Muta explained her perspective on the issue in a type of literary criticism that seeks to overturn the male-centered view of the world which controls or underlines the works that expose the apparent sexual violence in male-centered fairy tales. How could it be that they're Snow White and, and uh, Sleeping Beauty, are they male-oriented? I thought they were about the, the gals. Snow White, that was just the, the, the wicked stepmother didn't like Snow White. Well, this foul uh, gender studies professor is just a foul human being. There were many critical uh, replies that state because of the princess and prince lived happily ever after. In the end, there is a presumptive 
consent regarding the kiss, so there's no problem, Mooter wrote. However, this understanding of it is actually dangerous. This kind of thinking fabricates the mindset of the mindset of the ends justify the means. And to what extent does this allow sexual violence to occur? Well, words mean something, don't they? Indeed. There is nothing violent by the prince in either Sleeping Beauty or Snow White. There is nothing violent about that kiss. So words mean something, but not to not to Mysterians who are out to undo the world and ruin it. Yeah, there's ruin nothing, the world for children. There's nothing violent. Ruin it. Or ruin offensive. the world. Thanks, right. Words mean something. There is nothing violence, violent about the prince awakening Snow White. Nothing. Nothing violent whatsoever. Right. Zip. Nope. Nada. Absolutely nothing. Oh, that's a good one. Every example of power washing, which is taking something innocent and turning it dark, every example will be fated to be now. In other words, the next example of power washing will will be fated to be worse than that one. We keep moving back, don't we? Something you want to announce? You're on the planet. Of we can do that. Well, we can do it. There's not much going on. Remember the GL pint glasses that everybody purchased? Did they sell out? Uh, we sold a whole bunch. I don't know what the final numbers were, but I know we sold an unbelievable amount. Mm-hmm. And people need to get their hands on them right now. So I'm going to give you the schedules online for listeners if you have not picked them up yet. Yep. Thursday, January 11th. Yep. And Friday, January twelfth, you can buy, you can pick them up in the lobby from two to five p.m. These are orders that have already been processed. This is not a walk-up sale. Monday, January twenty-second, and Tuesday, the twenty-third, from eight to eleven a.m. So eleven and twelve, Thursday, Friday, that's from two to five p.m. The twenty-second, twenty-third, which is a Monday and Tuesday, eight a.m. to eleven a.m. They need to have their confirmation email voucher. And uh, their ID as well. If somebody else is going to pick it up from that person, will have to have the confirmation email voucher with them. And then when they claim their glasses, they'll get their free. I didn't know this was going to take an hour. Town Hall pint voucher. I don't think you pre-read it. They get to choose between the Town Hall brewery or tap or the station. Uh-huh. So the building opens at five, opens at eight, and closes at five. Uh, frequently, when you rush me, when you rush for real, when you rush me. Mm-hmm. It sends a signal into my brain mm-hmm. that my mouth doesn't work. So when you when you hand me this paper yeah. and the first words out of my mouth, right. I start to read and I look up right. and you're going like this. Right. Everything gets for real. Everything gets scrambled here right. and I can't concentrate. You for know real? what, Matt? Yep. I, I apologize. No, you don't have to apologize. Oh, I'm, I'm letting you know. I'm just saying though. When you when I see that, then Can I can't. Can I get to these emails? Yeah. Mail? For real? Yeah. Frequent emailer Terry on the car fatality numbers. Just think of all the multiple victims in those wrecks in the 40s. Families were so much larger, and there potentially would have been more people in the cars. Most vehicles today have a single occupant. There probably were more people willing to drive drunk, and the roads would have been much worse with many rural roads with cars traveling too fast for the quality and size of the roads. 
Those rural roads probably weren't treated with salt, sand, or chemicals like today. Also, medical advancements and emergency response times have greatly improved, which saves many more injured people. All right. There's a lot of variables here, isn't there? Anna and Matamidi notes, Sleeping Beauty ate a poisoned apple, not the juice. Oh, yeah. She ate the poisoned apple. What did Snow White do? Uh, I thought the dwarves put her under. You know what? Really? Uh, let me tell you something. The old rook you is back. You know, the old rook is back, bro. Thanks for looking up to see that one. Yep. I'm going to look and see what. Seven of them? It's not like Chicago, a whole band. Uh, Hans writes, there is no way anyone in gender studies thinks rationally. He is correct. Uh, Mitch writes, when a prince kisses a frog, is that bestiality? Oh. Well, it would be to this crackpot gender studies professor in Japan, and uh, Jeff notes, and uh, what a great point, the only true violence in Sleeping Beauty is that a queen gave a young innocent girl a poisoned apple. Uh, Reavers. Yes, sir. Look up, uh, why was why was uh, Snow White sleeping? Why was she sleeping? Sleeping Beauty apparently had the poisoned apple from the evil queen, which is female violence. Well, remember, the the queen was mad in Snow White because she was talking to the mirror, and the mirror said, you're not the fairest of all. Snow White is the beauty of the land. Well, then then the queen must have slipped Snow White a Mickey right. in her hot chocolate or whatever. Wait a minute. Huh? Oh, yeah, here it is. No. Snow White. She makes but, hey, good. Pat, you want to turn on your microphone? I'm on. Snow uh, White had the poison apple. Yeah, Snow White, on the third and final attempt, the queen on Snow White by disguising herself as a farmer's wife and offering a poisoned apple okay, to her. Okay, that was Snow White? Yes. Then why was Sleeping I'm Beauty out cold? I'm on it. He's got the beauty. Hey, no. <laughs> Hurry up. As had been foretold by the curse, Aurora is put under a sleeping spell. Yeah. The good fairies place Aurora on her bed with a red rose in her why hand. Why is she placed under this spell? That's what we want to know. I know, but that's what they tell me. Well, I know, but you need to find out why. Who did it? The evil queen? Um, Anna, it's Snow White who ate the poisoned apple. Yeah. And Sleeping Beauty was placed under a curse, but do we know why? It's why that's imperative. Find that for me. We'll be back shortly with the answer. Commencing garage, Beauty pricked her finger on a spinning wheel and then uh, picked up the the bad juice or something and you know, she was fell into to a stupor. Yeah, yeah. The, the king ordered all wheels to be whatever, burned. Whatever. Glad I just wasted that last 10 minutes of my yeah. life. <laughs> Here's John Height. Uh, partly <laughs> sunny. of the woodchopper's ball? Nope. Okay. Partly sunny. It's uh, one above in Minneapolis what in St. Paul. What the hell? Something. The woodchopper's ball. It's a, a Disney thing. This update brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, Woodbury, and downtown Duluth. Uh, Timberwolves lose to Brooklyn last night. Nets winning 98-97. Wolves are in Boston to play a good Celtics team tomorrow evening. Uh, the Wild says the start time for its game against Vancouver on Sunday, January 14th, is being changed. It was supposed to start at 6. Now they'll start at 7. The reason, of course, the Vikings why is that? So the people can enjoy the Vikings oh, playoff game. So we know for a fact the Vikings are playing on a Sunday. Three forty, correct? Three forty okay. on the fourteenth. All right. Wild playing Buffalo tonight at the Excel 
Energy Center. We're the prime time game that weekend, Joe. 340 mm-hmm. on Sunday. January 14th. January 14th. Major League Soccer. You're going to sneeze. I, uh, well, I feel like I have to, but... Uh, yeah. It Major- is yet to be determined who they will face. That's, That's right. correct. We'll know that after this weekend's right. uh, activities. Major League Soccer has released the season's regular season schedule. Uh, Minnesota United highlights include a matchup with reigning champ Toronto FC here on July 4th at TCF Bank Stadium. News notes from today. The man sought in a Minnetonka kidnapping has been arrested in Minneapolis. It happened this afternoon. Johan Douglas was captured around 1 o'clock this afternoon in Minneapolis. Minnetonka Police Department said witnesses saw Johan Douglas kidnapping his ex-girlfriend, Nicole Smith, at gunpoint. About 4 o'clock on December 21st, near the 10,000 block of Bren Road in Minnetonka. Police said at the time the gun with which Douglas kidnapped Smith was not recovered. They said at the time it was likely that Douglas was armed and dangerous. Douglas, 37 years old, a Burnsville resident, according to the police release. Smith, also 37, a resident of Anoka. City of Minnetonka said it would release further details on his arrest later on this afternoon. Residents who live in downtown Minneapolis will get the chance to learn more about how the Super Bowl might impact their neighborhoods next week. There'll be two meetings on January 11th at the Westminster Presbyterian Church located at 1200 Marquette Avenue South, one at 6 p.m. We'll focus on people living near Nicolette Mall and the Convention Center, and the other at 7.30 will focus on those who live near the stadium. Of course, the Super Bowl is scheduled for February 4th at U.S. Bank Stadium. U.S. President Donald Trump and South Korean President Moon Jae-in have agreed not to hold joint military drills during the Winter Olympic Games in February. The announcement follows a diplomatic breakthrough that reestablished communications between North and South Korea. In a phone call today, Trump and Moon agreed not to host the joint military drills during the period of the Pyeongchang Olympics in South Korea. The game scheduled February 9th through the 25th. A senior U.S. military official also confirmed that there would be no joint exercises during the games. Even though President Trump has disavowed him and the president's lawyers have threatened legal action against him, Steve Bannon says he still is a supporter of President Trump. On Breitbart News tonight, last night on Sirius XM Radio, Bannon himself, the former chief White House strategist, fielded calls, among them one that mentioned the president's statement about Bannon. Bannon told the caller, the president of the United States is a great man, and you know I still support him day in and day out. Three cars on an Amtrak train carrying more than 300 people from Miami to New York derailed in snowy Savannah, Georgia last night in the aftermath of a winter storm. No injuries reported. Amtrak spokesperson Jason Abrams said the Silver Meteor train, number 98, was backing slowly into the Savannah station about 10 o'clock last night when two sleeper cars and a baggage car derailed. Abrams said all three cars, a baggage car and two sleeper cars, were fully upright at the time. Officials said the derailment happened about 1,000 yards short of the station. Abrams said there were 311 passengers on board in addition to the crew, but he had no reports of anyone being injured. His statement said the main train was to continue its journey north through some of the sleeping car passengers, although some of the sleeping car passengers had to be put aboard a different train. Slick roads in Minnesota's neighbor to the east led to at least two vehicle-on-house collisions today. In Milwaukee, reports of a vehicle going into a home in Wauwatosa. Nobody was injured, but the home suffered structural damage, according to the uh, TV station. In northwest Wisconsin, a semi-truck driver was injured when his semi crashed into a home on Highway 2 near Iron River. Boy, I bet there's not much left of the home, John. There was very little. I saw a picture. 
There was and no uh, one. You said no fatalities. No, in fact, the woman uh, was home. A woman rents the home. She was in the home. She was shaken up, but was not seriously wow. injured. The driver taken to Duluth Hospital, but he's expected to be uh, fine. Instead of sheesh, what an event! There you go. Okay. Yep. <laughs> the discovery of a centuries-old pistol parts in Colorado is shedding new light on the state's Spanish colonial history. The spring-loaded arm of the pistol, which is known as a dog mm. and trigger guard, were once part of a Wheelock pistol. <laughs> that, according to the Museums of Western Colorado, which has released details of this find, the pistols, which could be almost, get this, two feet long, Woo. first emerged in Europe around 1500. Metallurgic tests indicate the pistol parts found near Grand Junction are from the 16th or 17th centuries, making the discovery particularly unusual. That's a long time ago, isn't it, John? Uh, it really is. Yeah. This uh, this is according to David Bailey. He's the curator of history at museums. Well, he would know, wouldn't he, John? He would. Yeah. He said the importance of this find is that material usually is found in Texas or New Mexico, but not this far north in western Colorado. This historian explained that the dog tightened two clamps that held flint or pyrite in place to ignite the pistol's gunpowder. He said there are many theories on how the material got this far north. He said perhaps the remnants of a Spanish exploration party or material that was traded to Indians that lived in the area. He said a lot of mysteries still remain about the site. And they're still working to find additional evidence of why Spanish colonial artifacts would be found so far north. The pistol parts are the latest archaeological find to provide a glimpse into America's Spanish colonial history. Back in 2016, archaeologists discovered stones beneath San Antonio's Alamo Plaza. It could be associated with the main gate of the 18th century mission, San Antonio de Valera, as the Alamo mission was originally known. So this isn't one of those people that found this and they're going to bring it on that PBS show where they... No. no, uh, no. Where the, some people are really arrogant and they say it's worth well, $7. Antiques Roadshow. Antiques Roadshow. Antiques Roadshow, right. Roadshow yeah. No, this is, a, this is an actual museum now. Okay. Has this material. Austin McCord wasn't the best student at the Rochester Institute of Technology in 2007. Shy of a few credits, the bioinformatics major left school full-time to start data protection startup company, Datto. He eventually earned his undergraduate degree from RIT in 2009, graduating uh, graduating with a 2.2 GPA. Barely made it. Andre. All right, one of my people. All yeah. right. McCord says, I never really did my homework at the university. Frankly, I never did homework in high school either. I was not the most stellar student. How did he become a billionaire? His, uh, his company, Datto, that I talked that's about. Where, um, that's where we differ. Mm. He went on to do stuff. I mean, I had C's in high school. You're and buying lottery tickets. Right. Yeah. Last week, McCord made good on a promise to give back to the school if and when his company made it big. Last week, he gave to the Rochester no. Institute of Technology $50 million. Oh. What's his company do? Uh, data helps protect businesses' data from IT issues, malicious activity, and human errors. Why didn't I think of that? Uh, they will now soon merge with Autotask Corp., an IT business management software firm. Uh, it was sold last week mm-hmm. $1.5 billion, with a B, dollar sale. Well, let that be a lesson to you, kids. Right, don't, get don't C's. Study. Get C's in high school, but just make sure you who fund the, something. Who was the clown we had on at the fair? Homie? A box. Box, Box the, the clown. clown. Box yeah. the clown. I'll never forget leaving the fair one time. He was sitting out under one of the light stanchions, <laughs> oh, smoking no. a cigarette and talking to every kid who came by. Don't do. Don't be like me, kid. Don't be like me. 
don't worry. We're not trying to be like you, yeah. Box. Stay in school and get your degree. And then he took another hit of the heater. <laughs> and he still had his full clown suit on. I'm uh, glad he didn't show up last year. What's the sad makeup? Is, uh, is Dave the Dahl on? put together makeup. Yes, he is, Joe. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. The storm out east is already moving off the coastline. The heaviest snow we saw was around Queens. They had nine inches there. Um, some strong winds, though, 70-mile-per-hour winds around uh, Nantucket, out on the Cape. And uh, that all that storm system uh, really developed very rapidly, but it's moving so quickly that it's, it's going to cause the snow to come to a close here fairly quickly. Uh, so most areas picking up somewhere in that 4 to 10-inch range from along the east coast and up into the northeast. For us here in the Twin Cities and throughout most of the upper Midwest, it's cold. It's continuing cold. It's going to stay that way tonight, down to 12 degrees below zero, but the light winds mean very little in the way of wind chill. We're at one above right now with a wind chill of nine degrees below zero. Mostly sunny tomorrow, high of four above. Then the warm-up, 13 on Saturday. With the warmer air comes a little bit of light snow, possible late Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, maybe up to an inch of accumulation. Sunday, warmer, up to 30. We'll have some morning flurries, but then just partly cloudy skies in the afternoon. Monday, 28, 30 again on Tuesday, 33, a nice little thaw on Wednesday of next week. And then another cold front comes through, and that could develop some measurable snow again by Wednesday night into Thursday, 12 above for the high by the middle to the end of next week. Thursday and Friday should have highs in the teens. Clearing skies tonight, though, low temperature down to 12 degrees below. Right now we're at one above, and I have the records for the day, Joe. Jan 4. 41 on this date. 41. Two years here. 1898. 1898. And 2007. 2007. 32 below. 32 below. In 1884. In 1884. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. All right, I have a test question for each of you uh, following this story. Here we go. I'm getting my notepad out. Uh, There's a gal in India named Supatra. Supatra. Sasufang. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. She's from Bangkok, Thailand. I'm not not a Thai. And she suffers a rare uh, disease. Uh, Its common name is the werewolf syndrome. No. But uh, its official name is the Ambrus syndrome, uh, which means from birth she's been covered in hair. That's a tough one, yeah. It is. Uh, I mean, you know, we're talking a lot of hair. Right. I mean, full on Chewbacca. Craft brewer guy. Well, I, I don't know what craft brewing has to do with it. Because every cra- every guy that has a huge beard is always a craft brewer. A beard? Yeah. This this is not a beard. This is hair on every inch of her uh, person. And she's Thai. That's right. Okay. And uh, they knew this from birth, and her family loved her, and she's a normal kid, and she grew up with this, and uh, they tried. Uh, you're going to get asked a test question. We're listening. <clears throat> they tried uh, uh, laser treatments. Uh, Everything. That's right. And that didn't help uh, because uh, the hair only grew back. Uh, right. In fact, it grew back thicker than before. Right. That's You don't want to do that. No. And, and, and people ask her in, in Thai, <laughs> if I spoke Thai, I would say this, but they say, 
Mm-hmm. Why do you have so much hair on your face? Well, because it's an illness right. and it's a malady. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, went to school. Uh, Guinness named her the hairiest girl in the world. It's something she would, the poor, they would, she wouldn't want this on her. You know, this is not a record you want. Well, she learned to embrace it. This was her life. And she uh, sounds like she has a good head on her shoulders. Right. And she accepted this. Right. Right. Uh, and now, uh, should I cut to the chase? I think. I'm well, not sure okay. where you're going with okay, this. Okay. She was, uh, uh, and then uh, they got a shaver and she started shaving mm-hmm. uh, most recently. And now she's married. Uh, she's only 17, but she found the true love of her life and she's married. And uh, she intends to lead. I got the first song too at the wedding. <laughs> the DJ had a little sense of humor. No, really. No? She embraced it, you know? And her hair was perfect. Yeah, her hair was perfect. Hair was perfect. Exactly. And you know, obviously, Rook, you know who the wedding was sponsored by. Harry's. Harry's. That's right. If you are the hairiest woman in the world, try the Harry's. We're not here. We're not here. We're not here. We're not here to, sure, to make fun of the illness. Because I have a legitimate. Because I put the balm on. That's right. And, and my, <laughs> and the my, couple that shaves together stays exactly. together. And, and once shaved, <laughs> shaved. I cut through this back hair like a hot knife with butter. Uh, normal looking kid. You know, nothing. Yeah. Uh, in other words, the hair was not obscuring some right. uh, uh, yeah, affliction. Uh, so she shaves and there she is. Hi, how are you? Yep. And now she's married uh, to the love of her life and intends to le- lead life uh, happily ever after. Okay. Uh, this tough time model from Harry's can cut through a forest. <laughs> Why did yes. I bring this up? I don't know. You're gonna. You are going. That's to, your test question. Oh, I know. Us. So rookie would do the Harry no, shaving. Yes, no. Are you doing? <laughs> no. Um. A freak show. Uh, uh, a freak here, show? Here, no. God no. Here. Here's the clue. Saber theory. I can link this story. Here, here's okay, another. I like to figure things out. Okay, but here's another clue for you. Yeah. Do you recall the story we had recently of the woman in San Francisco who had the crazy foghornable name, who yes. had 50 packages stolen from her stoop? Yes. Before she decided to. It was medicine for her cat. Yep. Before she decided to do something about it. That's a that's a clue to this. That's a clue oh. to my question uh, as to uh, uh, why did I bring this up? D- Same or uh, theory related. Oh, wait. So I was going to go down the path of why didn't her family try to do something about it? They did. They they went no, to but, oh, uh, doctors. And, now she's going to cash in on it. She's going to, no, she's pleading no, you're to on the wrong track. Good, you're on the wrong track. You're on the wrong track. She was going to cash in on it. She still would be hairy. Which is why they named a shaver after her. Uh, let's go with. Shh. No. Is she. What's her current status? Married. Married. No, no, no. I mean, clean shaven. Uh, clean shaven. Yeah. Looks Did, like a normal woman. Uh, very. Hi. How are you? But is, the stuff isn't growing back. Well, I would imagine she has to shave frequently. She's got some grooming issues. Sure. <laughs> yes. I'll see. Um, you want me to just help you? Yeah. Because I'm not. How remote is the village? Oh. That it finally occurred to oh. them to use a shaver. Let's just wait. What, what I, I got you, something. What, no, seriously. <laughs> You're saying what, why wasn't hello? there a Walgreens on the? No. What? How, what are you thinking? 
here's a shaver, and now she uses it, and she doesn't have this problem. How remote is the village that they hadn't heard of a shaver? I think I know exactly what you're saying. Why didn't somebody chime in with... Why don't we just shave it off? Right. That's what you're saying. That's what how I was... remote is that village with huts everywhere? Maybe a, a pump. Do you see in the how I related square. it to the woman with the fifty packages? It's Samer theory. Are people just stupid? You lady, you had fifty packages stolen before it occurs to you to do something about it. Right. And and this uh, family is... and Gupta Samadhi or whatever your yeah. name is. Uh, you live 17 years with this malady when, a sh- when all of a sudden you get a shaver and bing, bang, boom, you got your boyfriend, you're getting married, you look, uh, you know, yes. what, what's the what deal? Took you so long? What is the deal? What's the deal, Fonz? I can't find the thing. I don't know what the deal is either. I'm I don't. Gonna, I'm I take care. Why am I hearing two songs? Why am I hearing two songs? I don't know. Stop the other one. I'd rather hear this one, The Cure. Say, regarding the Super Bowl volunteers? Yep. Rob writes, hi guys, we're fans. My wife and I volunteer for Vikings games and love it. We do it because it's fun. My wife was chosen to work the NFL experience at a few other events for the Super Bowl. She just told me she gets all sorts of gear I'm a marketing guy and think that's just the way the NFL spreads its brand. Regardless, it's fun. By the way, we get access to the game, but rarely take advantage. We always yield our volunteer seats to others, veterans, the elderly, etc. Keep up the good work and good luck, Rob. All right. Well, that's how you do it, huh? That's 1500 how it's done. ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's one. Sports is next.